Thank you for supporting Jordan Clay Ministries. All right, so most of you are familiar with the story. Um, Pastor Christie actually preached uh, out of the story a month or so ago, um, but I'm hoping to bring uh, another revelation from it. Um, if I had to title this message tonight, and I think this is fitting, I would title it The Encounter. So, and I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. Um, it is on your Bible app and your phones. Um, but so sorry if you don't have that, if you're following along. Now, in the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horribly from continual bleeding for 12 years. She had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors, yet in spite of spending all she had on their treatments, she was not getting better but worse. When she heard about Jesus' healing power, she pushed through the crowd and came up from behind him and touched his prayer shawl, or as the New King James and other versions, the hem of his garment. For she kept saying to herself, if only I could touch his clothes, I know I will be healed. As soon as her hand touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it, for she could feel her body instantly being healed of her disease. Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him, for he felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd, saying, who touched my clothes? His disciples answered, what do you mean who touched you? Look at this huge crowd. They're all pressing up against you. But Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd looking for the one who had touched him for healing. When the woman who experienced this miracle realized uh, what had happened to her, she came before him trembling with fear and threw herself down at his feet saying, I was the one who touched you. And she told him her story of what had just happened. Then Jesus said to her daughter, because you dared to believe your faith has healed you. Go with peace in your heart and be free from your suffering. So I want to talk. I want to do more preaching or teaching tonight than preaching. Um, so I'm going to try not to yell at y'all a whole lot tonight. But I want to talk about four words. And the first one is influence. And actually, I didn't have this in my notes, but I'm going to have this in there, gifting. So Pastor Darren's been in higher dimensions, and we've been talking about the different dimensions of the Holy Spirit and the presence of everything. So I just I wanted to flow along with that influence. If you're taking notes, this is, this is a good one to take notes on influence, the capacity to have an effect on character development or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself. So again, the capacity to have an effect on the character development or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself. So many people have influence when you look at different leaders um, or people that have a following, they have some kind of influence over people. Everybody has influence, and with that goes your gifting, whether you're a good speaker, uh, promoter, whatever it may be, your gifting goes along with your influence. So the similar words to influence are effect, impact, control, sway, power, authority, and leadership. Influence is not a bad thing if stewarded properly. Influence and gifting go together, but God, but it can be dangerous if not operating under the anointing of God. 
we, I don't, we've seen what can happen when pastors and leaders operate in influence and gifting but aren't accountable under the anointing and accountable to others. So, and so some more other, other similars to influence. Domination, supremacy, ascendancy, and mastery. How many leaders and so-called Christians do we know that they think they know it all and they've reached that level? It's dangerous for a person to be placed in a position that they're not ready for and that their character cannot sustain. Influence with gifting becomes accountable when we aren't held accountable and our pride goes unchecked. So the second... Anointing. And I hope y'all can read that. I know my handwriting's terrible. And my wife's probably freaking out right now. <laughs> the anointing. The empowerment given to an individual and or group of individuals to release heaven's dimension into the earth. The empowerment given to an individual or group of individuals to release heaven's dimension into the earth. To anoint means to smear. So when we got, when we think of God pouring out his anointing, I can just see him taking his thumb or his hand and just smearing his presence all over. So when a person is, uh, like the, we talk about the anointing breaks the yoke, or when a person, the anointing and the power of God is being poured out, I just see God smearing them with his presence, with his power, and with his authority. The anointing is to introduce people to the presence of God. It is not to show off your giftings and can, to be the man or woman of power for the hour. So how can you tell the difference if somebody's operating in just the influence of gifting and if they're operating anointing? The influence and gifting will never provide the way for the Holy Spirit to truly move. So the diff- to tell if somebody is operating in influence and gifting and not under the anointing, influence and gifting will never allow the Holy uh, Spirit and the presence of God to truly move. There won't be the true freedom because it'll, the influence and gifting will always want to point to the person releasing yeah. it. So the difference between insight and revelation, insight is reading your Bible, getting the principles and teaching what you want. Anybody can get insight. The difference between revelation is revelation is gained through intimacy and relationship with God. That's it. The sound of the anointing is a declaration that a manifestation is coming. So the sound of the anointed people is a declaration that God is in the room and that encounter and transformation is about to happen. If there is no sound and manifestation, that person is not operating in the anointing. They are operating in gifting and influence. So third one. I'm trying to hurry. I know it's late. So presence, the presence of God is the tangible expression that God is very present in a space and time among his people. Again, 
the presence of God is the tangible expression that God is very present in a space and time among his people. So we know when we come to church and we begin to feel the presence of God moves. And there's time we come to church and it feels like it's not moving at all or something is holding it back. See, and we can also be in his presence, but not truly encounter him or experience the glory of God, which is what I'm talking about next. How do you, I know this. Let's go back to verse 30. Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him for he felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd. Who touched my clothes? His disciples answered, what do you mean who touched you? Look at this huge cow. They're all pressing up against you. How many people do you know that go to church every Sunday and they press up against God, but they never truly experience his presence? They never truly have an encounter. Hmm. See, if presence is received properly and celebrated properly, it will become the glory of God. So if we recognize, okay, he's in the room and we steward that properly and we put everything else aside and we pursue and we pursue to, to push through that point, to push through that breaking point, as we thought earlier, we will experience the glory of God. Mm. To, to press up against Jesus and she was the only one to get healed. Because she was determined nothing's going to stop. I'm going to even, no matter how she got there, whether she crawled, whether she walked up, her belief and her pursuit of knowing if I get to him, everything changes for me. If I get to him, my life is completely turned upside down. This should be our approach, not only in church every Sunday, but this should be our approach every time we seek after the face of God. The glory of God. The glory is the transformative dimension of God in the earth where God's preeminence is there among man. The glory of God is the next dimension of his presence where time doesn't matter and manifestations take place. The glory of God is where drug addicts walk into a service, have an encounter with God, walk back out and never touch that thing again. The glory of God is where porn addicts go, they get touched and they never have the lust of that thing again. That The Bible talks about there's a difference between the lust of the flesh and the lust of the spirit. They step out of darkness and into marvelous light. And in a single moment, their lust and affection is changed from the world to the things of, to the things of God. See, in church and even in our life, we, we have order, we have a schedule, and oftentimes this doesn't give time enough for God to move. Yeah. See, we pray, but what if we gave him more time? What could we experience? What could we hear? What visions and stuff and dreams could we have if we were to seek him just a little bit longer? Yeah. I mean, instead of 15 minutes, maybe 20, instead of 20, maybe 30 but no, we, we go through our list, and I think this is a big problem for a lot of people, is we have our list, we pray, 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 
And then when we get done, we're done. And we don't mm-hmm. give time to listen. Right, right, right. We don't give time to be still and know that he's God. To be still and meditate to Salah in the presence. I know oftentimes I find myself, I'll just sit there. God, what, what is heaven saying? What are you saying? Yes. God, what's going on there in the earth around me? What am I feeling? Yes, God. God, I know, I know what this looks like. In the natural, but what is the meaning behind it in the supernatural? Mm-hmm. God, is this something I'm supposed to confront? What what is this that I'm feeling in this moment? Yeah. I would say that many churches don't ever experience the glory of God on Sundays. And I would say many Christians never experience the glory of God in their personal walk. Mm. See, we can, have a, we can have a schedule and we need administration and order, but it must be susceptible to interruption. Yeah. We can't get done at 12 o'clock or 12 or 5 when God still wants to move. When there's healing still waiting to be released, when there's deliverance still waiting to be released. We might have to cancel some meetings and some hangouts with friends if we just let God move when we seek him at our house, when we're obedient, when we just listen to him to sit still. We must honor his presence enough that we don't get done when he's not. We must be willing to linger and tarry. We have to get to a place where seeking him is not an option, but it's the passion of our heart. That I love presence, but that's not enough. I want the next dimension. I want to to be in the glory. I want to see the glory of God cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Mm. See, one of the problems we have... um, Oh, yeah, I forgot to write the word right here. Sorry. One of the problems we have in the church is we have leaders who aren't willing to get out of the way to let the glory of God manifest. See, the thing is, when the glory hits, everything else is irrelevant. So we have to have leaders that are willing to be irrelevant. Because when we're up here... And the spirit's moving. It doesn't. We should. It doesn't matter that we're up. We've got to get out of the way and yeah. say, "God, move." It doesn't matter yeah. if I look good up there, or if I sound good, or if, or if I get the message across, or like the whole whatever all the notes I have. The only thing that matters is that you move, and people have an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord yeah. of Lords face to face, kneeling before His feet. Hmm. But no, we we let we let pride we let pride get in the way. No, it's it's about me. No, it's not. Mm. The problem with the American church is people in the American church believe that leaders get their authority 
from documents and ordination when their authority comes from the secret place of God. That is the only place you can get authority from is from the feet of Jesus and the lap of Abba. I want to read Psalm 27, 1 through 8. I read this one night when we were in prayer. Um, In his shelter, in the day of trouble, that's where you'll find me. For he hides me there in his holiness. Do we know what that truly means to be hidden in the holiness of God? To be hidden in the holiness of God. He has smuggled me into his secret place where I'm kept safe and secure. Out of reach from all my enemies. When I read this, I see the picture of daddy taking us into his arms. Yeah. He's hiding us in his holiness. He's, he's sneaking us away into the secret place that no matter what's going on around us, we're in the arms of daddy. See, it's easy to let him be king. It's easy to let him be savior. But we have a hard time letting him be daddy because that's where we find true identity. And that's where we have to confront things inside of us that aren't confronted in other places. That's where orphan is confronted. That's where false identities that have been spoken are confronted. Triumphant now, I'll bring him my offerings of praise, singing and shouting with ecstatic joy. Yes, listen, and you can hear the fanfare of my shouts of praise to the Lord. The Lord is my revelation light to guide me along the way. He's the source of my salvation to defend me every day. I fear no one. I'll never turn back and run from you, Lord. Surround and protect me. When evil ones come to destroy me, they will be the ones who turn back. My heart will not be afraid even if an army arises to attack. I know that you are there for me, so I will be I will not be shaken. Here's the one thing I crave from God, the one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face filled with all delighting in his glory and grace. Oh, the loveliness that's in the eyes and the face of God. Oh, see, when when you're in a storm and you feel like you're drowning and you feel that hand reach out and you realize that hand is, is grace. And as he begins to pick you up, when you look up into his eyes, I found out through experience that when I look up into his eyes, I see his tender love and mercy. And I feel the strength of his refuge and the rest that comes in the shadow of the almighty. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. He delights in the prayer of his sons and daughters. Asking you shall receive. He delights in the prayers and the desires of his sons and daughters who are living in holiness. God, hear my cry. Show me your grace. Show me mercy and send the help I need. Lord, when you said to me, seek my face, My inner being responded. I'm seeking your face with all my heart. The innermost part, the psalmist writes, the innermost part of him, his inner being responded. I'm seeking your face with all of my heart. 
Jenny, you can come and play. I'm, I'm wrapping up. Psalm 119, 33 through 40. Give me revelation about the meaning of your way so I can enjoy the reward of following, following them fully. Give me understanding heart so that I can passionately know and obey your truth. Guide me into the paths that please you, for I take delight in all that you say. Cause my heart to bow before your words of wisdom and not to the wealth of this world. Come on, this thing can't be bought. True anointing can't be bought. True holiness can't be bought. True repentance can't be bought. Help me turn my eyes away from illusions so that I pursue only that which is true. Drench my soul with life as I walk in your paths. Reassure me of your promises, for I am your beloved, your servant who bows before you. Defend me from the criticism I face for keeping your beautiful words. See how I long with cravings for more of your ways. Let your righteousness revive my spirit. A lot of people want a new word every time they go to church. This verse is reassuring you of your promises. Recall the prophecies that have already been spoken over you. Recall the words that God has already been spoken over you. When I don't feel worthy, God, I remember when you called me your son, that you told me you loved me. God, when I don't feel like I can do it, I remember when you said that my strength is in you and my hope is in you. The encounter. Nothing was going to get in the way of her touching the hem of of his garment. Nothing was going to get in the way of her pursuit of healing, the pursuit of his power. We've got to get back to the place of the pursuit of him. Not what he can do. That's not the prize. Although he can do many things for us, his blessings are new every day. But that's not the prize. That's not the goal. It's The prize is always him. Yeah. Look, I know this might be controversial. I don't care if I never go to heaven because heaven is not my prize. Walking with him daily is my prize. On earth. Heaven on earth. And I, I know he's not a liar. So I know this isn't true. But I don't care if anything that has been said for the future comes true. My prize is walking with him daily, knowing him as Abba. Matthew 6, 33. This is New King James Version. This is a popular verse, but and we talked about it AMI. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. See, we quote that, seek first the kingdom of God. And when we quote it, we'll even miss in his righteousness. We'll say, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added. You miss the key part there. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the righteousness of God. Seek after righteousness. Seek, be holy as I am holy. There's a consecration that has to take place. That can only take place through intimacy. It can't be faked. It can't be imitated. Because when you stand before certain principalities, they'll know. And when you try to stand before something that you have no legal right to cast out, 
you're walking in a dangerous place, not only for you, but for the person that you're praying over. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God's calling us back to a place. He's calling us to his lap. He's calling us to his lap. There's already New Year's Eve and the couple days that followed. Revival has already been poured out. It's up to us if we go get it. Come on, there was something birthed in those few nights. It's up to us if we seek after it. If we're willing to contend and push after what God wants to do. If we want that move, we got to seek after it. We've got to make time. We've got to have, we've got to wake up in the night when he wakes us up instead of going, oh, I can't sleep, turn it back over. We got to go, God, what are you saying to me in this moment? God, why did you wake me up? I never wake up at 2.45 in the morning. I never wake up at 4.30 in the morning. Well, some of you do, but for work. He's trying, I really feel coming in tonight that God has been trying to get our attention. And we've been looking for this big sign and it's not in the big sign. It's not in the fire. It's not in the, the mighty shaking or the wind. It's, it's the whisper. It's the calling. It's the, it's the breath of him breathing. It's where dead things come back to life is in the breath of God and the righteousness of God and his breath. relationship and pursuit that's the only way we get to glory that's the only way we get to people coming out of wheelchairs that's the only way we get to people mm, legs growing out arms going out back straightening necks aligning this is the coffin height Oh God, come consume us. Come captivate us. Come arrest us again like you've never arrested our hearts before. God, arrest our hearts tonight. Oh God, we we seek you. We want you. Nothing else. We want you. We want your heart. We want to know your heart. We want to know the things that you're thinking. We want to know the things that your heart craves after. We want our hearts to crave after the things that you crave for. God, we want to hunger after the things that you hunger for. God, and I cast down any idols that we have placed in our life, anything that's taking time away from you, God. God, I rebuke them. I pray that you reveal them to us, God, in this coming week, God. And I just pray those things cast down in the name of Jesus. God, I, mm, God, I declare noises, the noise of life to be silenced, God. That your still small voice, that your whisper will begin to penetrate our ears and begin to penetrate our spirit. God, let us fall in love with you all over again. God, let our love for you grow deeper. God, let our passion be poured out like never before.
God, stir in us a hunger and a desire 